Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Amanda, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thanks for having me, Blake. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so we are like Instagram friends. I love getting Mm -hmm. to watch your work and watch you grow and watch you write this book that comes out so soon. Your book is Stand in Confidence, From Sinking in Insecurity to Rising in Your God-Given Identity. Yes and amen. That is so good. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and where Stand in Confidence came from. Yeah. So I grew up in a Christian household and I gave my life to Christ at a young age. And a lot of times when I hear testimonies of people giving their life to Christ at a young age, they'll say like, oh, there wasn't, you know, I didn't fully understand or, you know, I, whatever it may be. For me, I did fully understand. I, I completely understood the gospel. I was spirit filled at a young age, had a real relationship with the Lord. So while my salvation was secure, my identity wasn't. And so I was quite the weirdo growing up. (laughs) I was just a little offbeat, you know, a little funny looking. And I, I just didn't feel like I fit in quite a bit. And, and I think I had this mentality that I didn't have a place where I belonged all the way. And I also believed had these mentalities that like my worth my value my significance depended on how well I perform for others Mm -hmm. and by the time I got to high school I just really wanted to be accepted and validated and so I got into a series of relationships that were just super toxic Mm -hmm. and those really uh deteriorated my Mm self-confidence and I tried to find so much of my like worth and value in these relationships and the things surrounding it, like sexuality, appearance, yep. things like that. And the more that I tried to do that, the more insecure I felt. And so by the time I was about like a freshman, sophomore in college, I had just become so, I guess, beat down by life and beat down by the decisions I made. It right. wasn't God, right? <laughs> but I blamed God for it because that's what you do. And I denounced my faith altogether. Oh. And So I was just in this place where I was just really broken, really hurt. And the Lord brought me back to himself. That's a whole nother side story. But by the time he did, that's when I learned how to establish my confidence in him. So Mm -hmm. it's it's not that my salvation wasn't secure, but my confidence wasn't. And so that's where the transfer needed to be made. And Mm -hmm. so God just took me on a journey of establishing my confidence in him and my life drastically improved. It improved so much that I just like couldn't stay quiet about it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, my husband and I, we started doing uh, YouTube videos on various topics of the Christian faith and Christian relationships. And God completely changed, changed my plans for my life. Like I wanted to be a professional flutist in a major symphony orchestra. Yes. I went to school for music. I still play, you know, and I, I enjoy it. 
But once I like started going on this path and really using my voice to help other people, it was so fulfilling. Yeah. And, and I was able to see how it impacted people in a major way. And so the book really came from that place of saying like, wow, my life drastically changed, drastically improved when this transfer was made. And it wasn't necessarily a salvation transfer. I was saved, but there was not this like belief transfer of where my identity lied. And yeah. And so it just comes the the birth, the book was birthed from a place of just moral obligation. I'm like, I need to help. I need to share this with other people because it's made such an impact in my life. Well, and all the best books come from that. They come Mm -hmm. from God did this. Mm -hmm. I have to get this out there. Right. It's the woman at the well, right? It's come Mm -hmm. and see what he has done. Like he sees me and he knows me and he still loves me. Like I have to tell as many people as I can that's been happening since the beginning of the time and how cool that like we get to do continuations and extensions of that in like modern ways. Yes. And what a beautiful thing to be able to serve the Christian community because I mean, I, this book can will will and can absolutely reach unbelievers. Right. Um, it, it's still relevant. However, I really felt like this burden to women who are Christians because there's so many women. They're saved, spirit filled, but they lack confidence, mm-hmm. you know. And so they still like settle in their relationships. They still deal with imposter syndrome. They're still not stepping outside of their comfort zone. They're still staying stuck in this place that Jesus didn't die for. And so they're like living beneath the promises, yeah, living beneath the abundance that Jesus died for. And so I think because I was saved and, I, and I've seen this plague so many Christian women, I think that I think I feel a huge burden toward Christian yeah. women because it's like, hey, it, it, you know, it can be better than this, right? Right, like not, exactly. Not that life will be perfect, but you can have like this, this unshakable assurance in God. So I think part of, there are so many facets to this, but do you think some of the problem is that we have misframed and misunderstood humility? Hmm, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like super passionate about this. Yeah, um, I'm go. glad you asked this. Pop off. <laughs> <laughs> I def- definitely. Okay. So I believe that confidence and humility can coexist. They have to. They have to. I think they have to. Yes, I, I completely agree. And I think um, and I've talked to a lot of people who don't understand that concept because when they hear the word confidence, they automatically think of arrogance right. or egotism, narcissism. And there is a difference between confidence and arrogance. And you can have confidence in Christ and be hum- and have humility in him for the exact same reason. Yep. Let me make it plain. Okay. So if you have humility in Christ, it's because you understand your relationship to him. Yeah. So you could not have saved yourself. Yep. You were a wretched sinner. You were depraved and headed towards hell. Your very breath is at the mercy of God. You're you're made from dust. Mm. Uh, you only have maybe a max of 120 years to live. You are not infinite. You are fully, completely dependent on Him. That's where your your humility lies. You, mm-hmm. Knowing that there's nothing you could have done to earn His His grace, right? Mm-hmm. And earn this beautiful inheritance. However, you can be confident for the same reason, because if there's nothing that you did to earn it, then there's nothing that you can do to lose it. Amen. And if you have been given this undeserved privilege as a rightful heir to all of the promises of God and the inheritances of God, you can say, well, 
I wasn't worthy. However, now I am worthy because I'm a child of God. Amen. And so if I'm a child of God, I am literally by definition, the rightful worthy heir to all of his inheritances. Yeah. And so a lot of times we beat the dead horse about how lost, depraved we are, but it's incomplete. It, it's not, it's not wrong. It's just incomplete. incomplete. It's like, yes, you were, but now you are not, you are no longer that you have crossed over from death to life. You are no longer considered a sinner in the eyes of God. You're considered a saint. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us, we have not updated this identity We're we're still living and believing as if we're still in that place of total depravity and separation from him. But we're, we forgot there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The, the old has passed away. The new has come. We're a new yep. creation. So we need to have confidence in that because it's not something that we could work for or right. earn. And right. So it's like, we can be humble and confident at the same time. However, you cannot have these two things if it's within yourself. Right. Yeah. You can't yeah. muster those <laughs> things up. Well, and I do think part of the problem is that there are Christian voices out there perpetuating the mm-hmm. conversation of you are still depraved. You are still yeah. wicked. And I'm like, no, that girl died. She died 12 years ago. Like mm-hmm. I, I buried her. She's mm-hmm. gone. And like you said, yeah. like, I will never forget when it clicked for me. And this is honestly recent. You are worth what you were paid for. Oh, oh my gosh. I could run a lap right now. (laughs) Let me, I'm literally writing that down because I don't want to forget it. You are worth what you were paid for. And I was paid for with the perfect blood of Christ. So like, don't come tell me that I'm something that I'm not. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I'm literally writing this down because I cannot forget that. But it's true. So you have all these believers, let's say women specifically, walking around with their heads hung. Yeah. Not stepping into the fullness of their gifts, therefore depriving the rest of the body from the ways that God uniquely created and gifted them. Yeah. Because someone told them humility meant sitting down. Yes. Humility meant sitting this one out. Humility meant I am unworthy. I need to get out of the way. I am an obstacle to navigate it. And I feel like God's up there like, okay, guys, let's try this again. Like we're just going to keep, we're going to keep doing it until you get it. Like, no, you were, I wanted relationship with you so much. I gave a piece of myself. Yeah. All of myself, all of myself, <laughs> he right? He laid his entire life down. He laid down his like <laughs> deity to be wrapped in flesh. You know, right. like he's still fully God, but man, like he he had to humble himself to that degree. And I I think what, a lot of times what we lose sight. Of, by the way, everything that she said was just like way go. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be simmering on that. Um. So yeah. So I'm, this is a huge rant and soapbox for me too. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> I'm I'm so here for it. You're worth what you're paid for. And I, a lot of times we're too self-conscious to step into the fullness of what God has for us, into the fullness of our calling because we're too self-focused. And it's terrifying. Yeah. If you think you're doing it out of your, like that self-focused mindset, then it's scary. Yeah. But if you're doing it out of the fullness of Christ, it's like, yeah, let's go. Right. And when we focus on just ourselves, then it's really easy to sit out. Right. Right. It's really because you think nobody else is affected. Mm-hmm. You think, you know, uh, the kingdom of God is not affected. My brothers and sisters are not affected, but it's actually so selfish. Yeah. A lot of times we're saying that it's humility, but it's it's a false humility. It's, it's your your self-conscious. Mm-hmm. And so what a confident person would do is say, hey, I don't feel qualified. 
I don't necessarily feel like I can do this. However, if I don't, who am I robbing? Like they're far more important than my insecurities, but somebody who is insecure is actually so much more self-focused than someone who isn't because they're focused on their inadequacies, their disqualifications. And what they're doing is robbing everyone else of what God placed inside of them. And they think that it's the humble thing to do, but it's actually the most selfish thing that you can do. It it reminds me of Moses when he was telling God, you know, I can't go and do this because I can't talk right. God's like, who made your mouth? Right. Right? Like imagine if Moses said no, right? Right. And he wouldn't have led the children of, of Israel out of Egypt. That is so selfish, right? right? And we think that that's humble and that's lowly and that's how you honor God. No, you're actually being disobedient at this point because you're focused, you're so focused on your inadequacies that you're robbing. He would have robbed millions, right? Right. And so, and we underestimate our reach, right? Mm-hmm. You can literally be robbing millions mm-hmm. by saying no to God because mm-hmm. of your insecurities. And so I guess that's where the co- conviction piece comes from because a lot of times we lack this level of conviction because we're only thinking about ourselves. Yeah. Like we can fail ourselves, but when you realize you're not just failing yourself, but you're failing all of these other people by just focusing on all of your inadequacies, then you realize, oh no, no, I have a moral obligation. And right. that's why I said, like, I wrote the book because I had a sense of moral obligation. It's not like, oh, wow. I just like really feel like having a book would be cool and having my name on something. It's like, no, if I don't write this, it's very unfair to all the other women who are struggling with the very thing that I was struggling with. A hundred percent. And I will say one thing that I've learned about God is I think he's okay with our Moses moment. Like, I think he's okay. Like I think he wants us to come to him with that, like approach the throne with, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I am afraid. I feel like you picked the wrong one. Am I sure I'm hearing you right? Is this me? Is this you? Like God isn't like bothered. We don't bother God. We're not like little like mosquitoes that he's like, Oh my God, I already told you go away. Like Mm -hmm. he understands that he understands our hearts. And like, I've, I've been thinking a lot lately about like the more like negative sides. And I'm using that in air quotes of our relationship with God, like lamenting and questioning and crying out and not understanding like people, I feel like sometimes hear that those sides of things and they're like, come on, like you need to have more faith. You need to have more hope. Like, yes. But also like there's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. Literally. So like Mm -hmm. maybe let me work this out with God Mm -hmm. and like to expand on the Moses moment. If Moses had stayed in that, I'm not a, let's stick with the, I'm not a good speaker. If he had stuck in that, or he had gone to Aaron and been like, I'm not a good talker. What is God thinking? And Aaron would have been like, come on. Like he asked you to do this, have faith. He may have like muscled up some faux, like self-made confidence and push yeah. through, but instead he took it to God and was like, mm-hmm. I have a stutter. I had to run away from that place. Yeah. What are you thinking? Sending me back. And God like very kindly, but firmly put him in his place mm-hmm. and then was like, watch me yeah, do this through you. And I think we rob ourselves of the opportunity to have God speak that over us when we're not honest with him. So like, mm-hmm. yes, stand in confidence. Yes. Walk in confidence. Mm-hmm. But like, God's okay if you falter because he's the one that's going to put you back on your feet. That's so good. But like, cause we try to hide that stuff from God. 
Mm-hmm. And like he knows anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I completely agree with that. And I, I also think it's the difference between finding your competency and your abilities in yourself and Amen. finding that in him. Because if it's all up to us, wow, that's terrifying. Yeah. Because I suck. <laughs> I'm a crappy Christian, right? I love the title Welcome. of your podcast. Yeah. You know, like I cannot do it. Right. But praise the Lord that it's not dependent on me. Right. And so like, and I think some people get the misconception whenever I may talk about confidence, because I think people assume, oh, it, it means that you're always going to feel ready. You're always going to feel good. You don't have those Moses moments. You don't have mm-hmm. the moments of, of lamentation. And that's, that's so far from the truth. Right. It just means whenever those moments arise, you bring them to God. Exactly. And you, you invite him into that moment and allow him to sustain you. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's much like a, a bridge. Like if I, if there's a, if there are winds and waves, you know, going around this, there's this heavy storm and you're going to walk across the bridge. If the bridge is rickety and made out of wood and a few pieces of string, you're not going to feel very confident walking across that. Right. But if it's the exact same conditions and the exact same storm, but you're walking across the San Francisco bridge, right? right? The Golden Gate Bridge, you're going to feel pretty confident, but it's not because your ability to walk changed, right? It's not because the conditions of the storm changed, but what changed was your confidence in the foundation that was holding you up. Amen. And so if we're just depending on our own strength, it really is like that rickety bridge. That's terrifying. Yeah. And praise the Lord that Moses didn't have to walk on that rickety bridge, but he got to walk hand in hand with God. Yep. And we get that we have that same privilege, especially because they didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. You know, yep. he had to rely on a, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Right. And he had these moments with God, but we have him dwelling within us. So how much more confident could we be? Because we have this bridge holding us up. Yeah. And so, yeah, God can steward those moments. Yes. He, he, you can bring them to him. You can be weak before him. I think one of the most powerful things the Lord ever told me um, a couple of years ago, and I was like going through a healing journey. And I was just like feeling so inadequate and I was just crying before the Lord. And I'm like, oh, I just feel so weak. And I just heard him say so clearly, you can be weak before me because you'll be strong before men. Mm -hmm. Like he just made it so clear to me and it just made sense. I'm like, wow, he is not asking me to be strong before him. Yes. (laughs) He's not asking that of me. He's just asking like in, in my weakness, he's made strong in me. Amen. And so what others may perceive as strength. It's like, you don't see those moments of just complete weakness and complete, complete humility, Mm -hmm. but that's the privilege we get to have as, as, as believers. No, absolutely. I love that. So I want to kind of shift from talking about like how we, how we can get into these spaces of not walking in confidence, like how Mm -hmm. we end up here up there to how do we get out of that, which I know is what your book is all about. But one of the things that is in the book is like four components of confidence. Mm-hmm. Unpack that for me. Yes. Okay. So the, the Lord took me through a process of, of walking through the four components of confidence to reestablish my confidence. Now these are completely biblical. You're not going to find these are the four components of confidence in the Bible, but these are principles that are rooted in scripture that you need in order to have a rooted identity in him so that you can do everything that he's designed you to do.
And so the first one is clarity. If you know who you are, you're, you're going to know what to do. Mm -hmm. So many times we are just walking in confusion and that's why we have insecurity because confusion leads to insecurity. You don't know which way to go. Yep. So clarity leads to confidence. So when I talk about clarity, you're embracing your identity and defining your design. And when I say embrace your identity, it's not discovering your identity. I used to think that your identity was something that you had to discover. Like, oh, if I could search deep enough within myself, then I'll finally find who I truly am. And right. that's so far from the truth. Your identity is already established in Christ. If, you, if you've given your life to Christ, he has given you your identity. You're his treasure. You're a child of God. You're a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. Uh, you're a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Like all of these things that he writes about you, that's who you are. Yeah. So it's already been written. It's not something that you have to discover. It's just something you stand in. So you have to embrace that. And then next is defining your design. So many times we, we think that like walking out this faith is a cookie cutter thing. <laughs> like if I don't look like this person, if I don't sound like Beth Moore, if I don't sound like uh, uh, Joyce Meyer or whatever it may be, if I don't dress like this person, then I, God can't use me. And it's so far from the truth that we have the body of Christ for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. And so defining the way that God uniquely designed you is going to give you clarity so that you don't feel like you have to be anyone else. Yep. So clarity is the first one. Uh, and then the next one is connection. This is connection with God and connection with others. There are so many times where you do have clarity, but maybe you're disconnected from the source. Like, mm -hmm. and, and because you're disconnected from God, you're, you're really not able to move with confidence or you're connected to the wrong individuals. And so what God says about you is being contradicted Ooh. by what everybody else is saying about you. And then the voices of people are overriding the voice of God in your life. And so you're all out of all sorts of out of order because of that. And so when your connection with God is really strong, then you're going to be able to pick your people better. Amen. Uh, <laughs> That's for sure. It's important, you know, like uh, at the most insecure, low places in my life, I can always trace it back to a person. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can say, I remember what this person spoke over my life. I yes. Remember. Who they told me I was. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the labels they placed on me. Not like, oh, this is what you did. And this is no. how made me feel, but this is who you are. Yeah. So that's so super important to form these secure connections. Then there's competency. And we kind of talked about that, like finding your competency in Christ rather than in yourself comes from healing, renewing your mind, like renewing these beliefs. And then finally there's conviction mm. and conviction is knowing your responsibility. And a lot of times we do not stand up to the call because we don't understand our responsibility. We consider it as optional yeah. rather than mandatory right? and very essential. So it's knowing your responsibility and also standing in that authority. And when you do that, then you're able to be all that God has called you to be. You're not going to be perfect, but you are going to be available and you're going to be confident. Yeah. Dang. That was fire because <laughs> so I've been sharing on my Instagram, like when we're recording a lot about kind of having had this metamorphosis in the last few months. And a lot of that is confidence that, yeah. and I, I want to talk about uh, confidence trainers in a second, because we kind of touched on it, but I think that that's, so important because I think that if it weren't for those things, I think so many more of us would be walking in confidence. Yes. Because we want it. I do think there are so many women out there that want confidence that either don't know how to find it or they're surrounded by things that are sucking it out of them. Totally. But 
in my own life, I've seen my confidence grow just this year. Like, let's just say 2022. And I'm, I've had to take notes while you were talking half ADHD, half, I want to reference this later, (laughs) even though I'm about to start your book, but I'm looking through these things and I'm see, like, I can see how there are pieces of this that were missing in my life that have been introduced recently that made huge differences. Yeah. Huge. Like the whole cookie cutter, defining your design and not trying to be like everybody else that will drain your confidence. Totally. Are trying to fit into somebody else's shoes that, that aren't yours or having people around you that are telling you, you are something or someone and they're people that you've trusted. So you're believing their input and it doesn't match up with, with what God has said about you. And so it's crazy. Like, I, I love that you use the word pillars. I also see it almost as like pie. Piece. Hmm. You can have a really big chunk of this missing and have the other three, but like you have a really big chunk of this missing. Yes. And I'm all about tangibility. Like give me something that I can look at. And I realize that this isn't like a mathematical formula, but I do think it's helpful to like be able to evaluate your life and be like, oh no, like I am surrounded by people who are telling me something or I don't actually know where my identity is rooted in or mm-hmm. I haven't been walking in conviction. So thank you for that. Cause I think that that's really like helpful for people to just be able to walk forward in. Mm-hmm. And anytime I'm lacking confidence in like a specific area, I'm able to look at these four things yes. and say, okay, what am I missing? Yes. What, what's missing? Yeah. It's almost like a gauge so, yeah. that mm-hmm. I think that's so helpful. Like, and yes. I think we have general understanding of this, but just having somebody to put words to it. Yeah. So helpful. So thank you for that. That's amazing. I'm so excited about your book, but let's talk about confidence drainers. I know that there are a few that you kind of focus on that pull us into insecurity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So unhealed wounds is one of those. And of course, unhealed wounds come by way of people Uh nine times out of 10, Uh like nine and a half times out of 10. Uh (laughs) And so being able to address these things and invite God in and speak truth over you is, is huge. So what happens is we have these traumatic events in, in our lives, usually by the hand of people. And what happens is there's the pain of the actual event, which will not last super long, right? right. It, it'll, it'll be finite. It'll be determined, right? Right. But the pain that lasts beyond that, the pain that surpasses that is not the pain of the actual event, but the pain of what belief and messages that event sent to you. Are you reading my journals or something? <laughs> like, this is rude. <laughs> oh man, no, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just God. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. literally helping me through this. So that happens so many times in my life. Like, I, of course, we all have our times in our life where we've been burned, traumatized, whatever it may be. but. It personally in my life, what's happened is, okay, this thing really hurt me. But what really hurts me about this is not that you, let's say, not that you cheated on me, mm-hmm. but it's that I feel like I, it, it's dependent on me to, to keep a man and yeah. that love is transactional and that, and that I'll never be good enough. Right. And so it's these messages that are breaking my heart, not what you did. Yeah. And so what we can do with these unhealed wounds is actually confront them and say, okay, what is the event? What are these events in my life 
that have caused great pain Mm -hmm. and really defined me in a major way or held me back. Okay. Let me address the emotions. Now behind those emotions, what are the messages? Mm -hmm. What are these messages that have come in? And with these messages, okay, now I can bring this to God and say, okay, Lord, this is how this made me feel. It's like God's your counselor. This is how this made me feel. And this is what it made me believe. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, God, what is the truth? Yeah. What is the truth? And he'll tell you. He will totally tell you. And he'll heal you in ways that I think I personally didn't actually think was attainable. Mm. I think there are levels of healing that he has access to for us that so surpass our understanding. Like I literally was just, I'm tripping out mildly because I was just talking about this in therapy. I, mm-hmm. the, I'm i very like word picture-y and mm-hmm. I was trying to explain it to my therapist. And I was like, okay, I feel like it's like this. This is my identity. And like my identity is a tennis ball, okay? And my, the tennis ball is just got like what God says about me. Like we're talking true identity, but this stuff is like those little stickers in the grass and they stick to the tennis ball. Ooh, You're not actually a good friend. Hmm. You can't celebrate others. Well, you, everything's about you. Mm. You're too much. You're too mm. loud. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. They stick to the tennis ball. Well, like they're not going anywhere unless I take them off. Like those stickers don't just fall off. Yeah. And so I, and like, then they're sticky. Like you have to touch them and it kind of hurts and you have to pull them off and it's painful. Wow. And so they don't just like fall off, but they do come off and like, God yeah. will help you take them off. And then like, He'll heal that tennis ball. We're sticking with the tennis ball. <laughs> he heals the tennis ball and the tennis ball gets to go back to just being a tennis ball. Yeah. And it can bounce and it can go and it can do all the things. And like, I know that's a very like childish, so good. like whatever, but it worked for my brain. It's I'm a just, really good analogy. Okay. It's a really good one. I'm like, this is one of the best analogies. It's a really good Thank one. Thank you. But it's true. Like, and then, but then that's where accountability and conviction comes in of like, okay, I can't just focus on the stickers that other people put on my tennis ball. What stickers mm. have I put on other people's tennis balls? Mm, that's so like, good. You can't stay in the hurt place. Yeah. You have to evolve and grow mm-hmm. to a place of like taking responsibility because mm-hmm. then you can actually like take your thoughts and your words captive. Yes. And like when you're aware of your power to do that, to, that other people have done that to you, you're like, well, then I, I can do that to other people and I don't want to do that. Yes. You know, so it's this yeah. like dual ended thing of like, and then there's the whole forgiving people that aren't sorry. Like yeah. you may never, you likely will never get an apology for these things. Yeah. You give them an A plus, even though they haven't earned it. Yeah. And you like, that's how you heal and move forward. And I'm, there was, I spent two years just sunk in pain and, and lies about my identity. Yeah. Thinking that that was as healed as I was going to get. Mm-hmm. And God was like, oh my gosh, no, wait, hold on. It can get so much better. It's so much better. Yes. You know? And then you get to walk in true confidence. That's yes. real confidence. Definitely. Definitely. And and the reason why, by the way, that I thought that that was so good. Having like these extra addendums. Yes. <laughs> it can't change the tennis ball. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going. The tennis ball remains intact. The, right. ten- the tennis ball does not cease to be a tennis ball. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's, are, it's just, are you going to be a tennis ball with little sticklers or are you going to be a tennis ball without them? <laughs> right. But it, no, that, that was, that was really good. And one of the reasons why I call them like confidence trainers 
is because it removes your capacity. Yes. Oh my gosh. You need to have capacity for confidence, capacity uh, to do everything that God has called you to do. And I don't know about you, but when I was walking in so much immense pain and so many lies about who I am and with all of these messages, I did not have the capacity to move forward because I was sitting around crying and I'm like sitting around sulking and sitting around, like just sitting around, you know? And so what you do when you heal these wounds is like, it's almost like, um, one of the ways I describe it is like, I, I used to say like, it feels like no matter how much like love and affirmation and validation is poured into my bucket, it feels like there are holes at the bottom of my bucket and it just drains out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What this does when you heal these wounds, it's like, okay, now this, this is patched up with like say cement. Yeah. And now you have the capacity to receive and retain as opposed to it draining out. Yeah. So it really is about having this capacity for, for what's more. And I, I think whenever we are unhealed and we stay in this place, then it keeps us in a place of scarcity rather than the abundance that God has for us. Okay. I'm like, not normally this like completely erratic on air, but I feel like you've been listening to the conversations (laughs) that I'm having in real life, because this is literally, this is so real and people need this. Like, and you know what? I think that there's a degree of privacy. You don't need to air your stuff. You don't have to like get on Instagram and be like, I was unhealed and now I'm healed, but there's so many unhealed people walking around thinking they're healed, yeah. thinking that this is as good as it gets, yes. not understanding the abundance and the fullness. Like I have come that you may have vibe and have it abundantly. Yeah. Have it you, to the full. Absolutely. What do you think that meant? That meant he is a God that can heal your wounds, that can mm-hmm. patch your bucket, that can yeah. take the stickers off the tennis ball so that you can run your race effectively for the kingdom. Oh. Enjoy it in the process. Okay. I just thought of something. Yeah. I'm thinking about the tennis ball and it has all these sticklers on it. And whenever you throw the tennis ball with the sticklers, it does not bounce anymore. Exactly. It's still a tennis ball. It just falls flat. Right. But once the sticklers are taken off, it bounces. And then it can play a really badass tennis game. There you go. And so all you got to do, I mean, I, it's, not it's not that easy. Oh, it's, right. not, it's not easy. It's actually quite painful. It so much therapy and years. Right. right. All you got to do is take the sticklers off. Right. But the thing is, like, like we said, it, the, your identity is unchanged yes. and you're, you're designed to bounce. You're designed to be hit back and forth. You're designed to do this thing. And once you understand that you don't have to keep all of these sticklers on, then you're going to do what you're supposed to do. Amen. I like that analogy. I would drop this mic if it wasn't a couple hundred dollars because right, that was real good. <laughs> Boom. But it's true. I mean, I have like a little like group on, on the internet that's like separate from Instagram. And I was talking to them the other morning and got kind of emotional because someone asked something about like, what do you think has changed the most for you in the last year? Because they were talking about like that just, there is an obvious shift in me. And I know that. And I was like, I healed. That's so good. I started focusing on healing my inner wounded child. I started focusing on healing the wounds that people have subjected me and my heart to in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And nobody could do that work except for God and I. Yeah. And I think that that's equally like pressure and the pressure's off. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to have to do some work and it may take therapy and it may take talking about things that are really hard and uncomfortable and pushing through some dark seasons, but God does not miss a step. 
His arm mm-hmm. is around you. He's walking through it with you and yeah. there's freedom on the other side. And like, yeah. I think that's all you and I both want for women. Yeah. Okay. Two things I want to say to that. One, I want to affirm this changing. I don't know you personally, but we are social media friends. I've been watching you. And I love the level of boldness and authority and confidence that you walk in. And it's so authentic and so real. And it's something that doesn't look like a front or something that you put on. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. And it's like this beautiful blossom that's coming up. And I, not that numbers are like an indication of your heart, but I don't think it's funny that you're growing in the way that you are now because of the the level of reach of your voice and what God is doing in you and this healing that you're walking in. It's evident. It's yeah. clear. I don't think you're allowed to go on other people's podcasts and make them cry. <laughs> like, I think that's against yeah. the rules, but thank you. I received that because yes. it, 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 this is a hard road. You know that like yeah. you're opening yourself up to a lot of criticism. Yeah from people who are not in the arena <laughs> that are sitting in the stands, but have literally a lot to say, yes. And there's been breakthrough for me of like, I'm just going to keep showing up for God and for the people that want to hear it and everybody else. I'm gonna pray for you. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. And, and I'm glad that you're doing that. And one of the reasons why I'm able to recognize it so clearly in you is because I went through a very similar process in 2020. Mm-hmm. A lot of like the people on the sidelines, you know, saying all sorts of things and things that people personally close to me have said about yep. me, but also like people who don't even know me on the internet are saying about me. And it's very painful, really hard to heal from. But whenever I did heal and it was this real deep mm-hmm. level of healing and I was able to walk forward and stop living with shackles and saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, kind of tweak how I'm saying this or hold back how I'm saying that because I want to be perceived in this way. And I don't want people to think it's just like, I'm just going to say it and I'm going to do me. You want to talk about me on Reddit? Go for it. Right. Right. For me, it wasn't Reddit. For me, it was another blog, but (laughs) yeah, everybody's got one. Everybody's got got one. Yep. But, but you know, like you can move forward and say, you know what? Keep talking. Yeah. I'm at, I'm in a different place now. Exactly. And and I see that all over you and it's just beautiful. Thank it's, you. it's it's radiant. That was the first thing I was going to say. And the other thing I was going to say, you're saying that God's going to be with you every step of the way and there's the pressure's on but also the pressure's off. I love that you said that because one of the things I did not realize about my healing journey and I've shared this online before, but I I want more people to hear it is I didn't realize that whenever I started my healing journey, I saw healing as a performance. Mm. I wanted to be the very best at healing. I'm like, I'm going to get it all out. I'm going to share all my feelings. I'm going to say what this made me feel, what this made me think. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be cute. Right. Well, healing. Well, actually I want it to be raw. You know, I'm I'm one of those like really deep feelers. I'm like, I'm just going to get it out. And I thought maybe if I just do it the most perfect way, and I get as raw as possible, then it's just going to transfer to healing. Mm-hmm. If I could just get it out, but that's not the way it was working. I was like, Oh my goodness, I am not healing at the rate that I thought that I would. This is not working the way that I thought that it would. And then it clicked and it was during a counseling session and during a therapy session, it clicked. And I realized, Oh my goodness, I have been thinking of this as a performance. I'm thinking, man, if I do this well enough, then boom, boom, you know, it's going to happen. And I'm going to be able to say, oh God, heal me. And I did it. But I really was, I was, I wanted to heal me. Yeah. And so once I like let go of control and I said, okay, this is not a 
performance, but it's something that God is walking me through and he's, he's stewarding me through this. It was no longer about my ability to heal, but more about like, okay, God, I'm following you in this Mm -hmm. and letting you take me on this journey. And when I made that shift, it actually expedited the the journey. It was so much faster because I stopped trying to control it and I let him do it. And so I, I guess for everyone listening, the reason why I even brought that up is because I really want you to know that your healing is not a performance. Amen. The pressure is off. Like, like Blake said, the pressure is off because God is the one who's stewarding your heart. Yeah. You can trust him with that. Um, it's not about how good you could do, um, but just surrendering to him and he, he can handle it and he's going to heal you in a way that you never thought was possible. I would call the healing that I've experienced this year supernatural. Mm. It makes no sense. I should not yeah. be this okay. I should not in my humanity be capable of, capable of extending the kind of real forgiveness. Like not mm. only do have I... Not only do I release you of what you've done, even though you're not sorry, but like, I want good things for you yeah. and I want like abundance for you. Only God can do yes. that, especially in a petty heart like mine sometimes. Like, yes, I can be the mayor of petty town sometimes and I'm not <laughs> even going to pretend like I can't. That is supernatural. Yeah. And like, I started praying towards asking God to help me take my thoughts captive and he helped me take my thoughts captive. I'm 33 years old and I have never been able to do that. Wow. And when I asked, He did it because he's a good father that gives good gifts to his kids. Amen. I love hearing you talk about this because it's not easy, but it is simple. Because like, it's not easy, but it's simple. A lot of times we say these things like, you know, take your thoughts captive, pray to God, ask him to help you. And they become cliches. Yes. I think that's why for a lot of women, there isn't this transfer of confidence because we're so numb to the promises of God. We're so numb to the beauty of the gospel and this access we have in the Holy Spirit that we don't even access it. Mm-hmm. We're taking it for granted. Yeah, because it's a Sunday school song. It's a Sunday school song. It's a cliche. It's just Jesus loves you. This right. I know it's for your children so that you raise them up in a nice household so that you have, you know, your nice little suburban life, but it's not becoming no. real in your heart. No, it's gritty and it's messy and yes. it's real. And he gets down in the dirt with you and does the things that need to be undone and done yeah. so that you can walk in abundance. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm sitting here in my mind and I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm dealing with these thoughts of like, I hate how my body looks. I don't feel good about this. What is this person thinking about me? And in that moment, I'm saying, God, you hear my thoughts. Mm-hmm. You hear how bad they are. I'm, I'm feeling bitter. I'm feeling insecure. I don't know what to do please help me. Like mm-hmm. it's, it is as simple as that, as, as raw and simple as that. Is it easy? No. Cause in that moment, all you want to do is dwell and sink deeper into the darkness, but God is right there with you. Amen. I guess th- this conversation is just really um, beautiful just because it, what it keeps bringing me back to is he's with us. Yeah. Like he's with you in it. Mm-hmm. You can invite him into these moments. You can invite him into the healing. You can invite him into picking your people, invite him into defining who you are when you feel like it's all up to you, that's when it really is sinking sand. Um, and that's when it really is depraved and, and sad. Yeah. And maybe that's why a lot of us feel that way. Maybe that's why a lot of us feel like a sinner is because we're not depending on him. Yeah. But when we depend on him, we are like, oh my goodness, wow, you have really lightened the load and made a, a heavy burden light. Amen. Well, since we just brought fire for 45 minutes, has it been? Oh, I didn't realize. That I been. know. That's why I have to like keep a timer in front of me because we would just start on another subject and yeah. keep going. And we both have interviews after this. I did not realize <laughs> that. Amanda, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your heart and the fire. I love you. I love following you online. 
tell people where they can find and follow you. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you know, all the places. Just type in Amanda Pittman, you'll find me. And then we also have a community called Confident Women Co. And we equip you to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. And so if you're looking to find other like-minded women who want the same thing, come to confidentwomenco.com. Follow us at Confident Women Co. on Instagram. And um, you can join our community. We have a community on Vibely where we encourage one another. We do challenges, all of that. And so you don't have to do this alone. God's yeah. with you. And also we're with you. So yeah, that's where you can find me and find other like-minded women. Thanks girl. Love you. Yes. This was a wonderful conversation. Thanks so much for having me, Blake. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.